know it's the podcast that keeps you in the loop on all things pop culture so you can talk about it with your friends. I'm Courtney. I'm Shannon. I'm Andrew. And we're here this week to talk about The Notebook in honor of the 15th anniversary. Woohoo! Shannon's, Shannon's the only one genuinely <laughs> excited because Andrew and I still have not seen it. We were um, going to watch it last night, but then Courtney told me I wasn't going to be on it. So I turned on Spider-Man. Instead. Right. Because, yeah. Andrew <laughs> but, 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 you turned on The Amazing Spider-Man, which is definitely worse than The Notebook. The other ones, yeah. I would argue, are better than The Notebook. I mean, having not seen The Notebook, I would argue that you are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you have not seen it. I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> man. I don't know. The Amazing Spider-Man was pretty boring. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get into it, we're going to do uh, some news. So... Uh, let's talk about news from the past couple weeks in pop culture. So, um, Andrew, do you want to maybe start... Well, let's start off by talking about um, the news that Kevin Feige has... So he came out and said that they've been trying to get Keanu Reeves in the Marvel Cinematic Universe for a while, um, which has prompted a lot of debate about, like, who would he play? Um, so, yeah, really quickly, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Like, Get him. Do it. Yeah. Like, let's just do this. I'm all about getting That's Keanu That's also... In. Don't you think that's kind of a... Disney is trying to get Avengers in the press more, leveraging Keanu Reeves <laughs> to get another news item? Oh, sure. Because oh, this sure. is the year of the, Keanu. But it's so the year of Keanu, and I yeah. don't know why you wouldn't. Like, Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of like, let's I, talk about Avengers more, so we can sell more tickets! But the thing yeah. is, I actually, oh, I actually yeah, don't... I don't necessarily... Yeah. <laughs> I don't necessarily think it's 100% a lie, either. When the <laughs> no, casting, when the casting for Doctor Strange was going on... That it was it was Joaquin Phoenix was actually like the front runner. Mm-hmm. It was going to be Joaquin Phoenix for a long time, huh. and then when it wasn't, when he backed out, or it, especially I forget what it was, but like because he went and bought a bunch of Doctor Strange comics and started reading them to do research and stuff like that. Um, Interesting. But then you when that turned to DC, <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for that Joker movie though. Yeah, yeah it does. the trailer is level. Way oh good. man, that trailer uh. was so good. Anyway, um, <laughs> but Keanu Reeves was kind of kicked around as a Doctor Strange, and looking back, okay. I'm like. That would have been so good. That, that Not that Benedict Cumberbatch isn't good. My car is named after Benedict Cumberbatch. So <laughs> but, I love him. But for me, it's like, <laughs> Keanu brings such a detached to reality kind of thing that I think that yeah. really would have worked for Doctor yeah. Strange. Kind of having kind of this kind of, like, because Benedict Cumberbatch is just Tony Stark, but meaner, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. And like, <laughs> it's like, okay, that's okay, but we've got 7,000 quipping, like, charismatic fun guys in the DCU already. Yeah. I would love to see just kind of like a, a guy who's a little odd. Maybe yeah. even a little off-putting. Mm-hmm. But he's yeah. just really good at... Because like they tried to have make Benedict Cumberbatch kind of off-putting but they did it by making him a jerk when they could have had Keanu Reeves who just has a natural so kind of... Who has kind of... <laughs> has like a natural aloofness that I think would yeah. have been a little bit... Is there another character like maybe a villain within the Doctor Strange like saga that we can stick him into then <laughs> Mordo but that's Chiwetel Ejiofor so yeah. <laughs> I mean there are lo- there are lots of really weird Ooh, um, he could be a good Mephisto see I think I think Mephisto would be really good because like I would love to he would almost be <laughs> playing the reverse of when he was in the devil's advocate because Mephisto is like the devil so it would be really cool to see Keanu Reeves playing Mephisto who's kind of the devil but he's just like like when he's on earth he's just mm-hmm. kind of a really normal guy but like black suit type of thing and like yeah. stuff just kind of goes wrong around him almost I would and, like, love I would love for him to be like Mephisto except for he's like the same character he is in um, Always Be My Maybe 
Like he's like a heightened <laughs> version of himself. But Where he like, just he just cries when he like listens to soundscapes of animals yeah. being slaughtered. He's just like this person that everybody when they're around him at first they're very drawn to him, but then the more they get to know him, the more they're just like you're uh. the worst. <laughs> see, I, see, for me, Mephisto is all about making deals and all that kind of stuff. That yeah. Wind up so like I would love to see him being like yeah, like you said, kind of people getting drawn into him, but. But it's not that they're, like, kind of put off by him, but it's, like, mm-hmm. they start to realize how really cruel he is. Mm-hmm. Or, like, just kind of stuff when he his presence causes... Because he's, he's got his own realm, which is basically just hell. Mm-hmm. Like, volcanoes and fire, brimstone, demons, all this kind of stuff. Like, yeah. it's essentially just hell is Mephisto's realm. And mm-hmm. so, if, when he's in, like, the Earth realm, it'd be interesting if things just kind of went wrong around him because he's not supposed to be here. So, like, yeah. maybe a guy's riding his bike and he passes and he falls down. Mm-hmm. Or, like, cars, like their tires pop or something like that just kind of when he's just walking around and then like he's like oh yeah i can help you out with that like he's really helpful and like friendly (laughs) and stuff like that but then it's like okay but you know i need your voice type of thing or something like that yeah like (laughs) we have disney songs on the mind um not that one because someone didn't want villains okay look we're gonna do it later it's all right um but uh yeah just kind of like i think he'd be really good at that I would also personally really like to see him as Doctor Doom. Yeah. Um, we'll bring in the Fantastic Four and then have That'd him be, be awesome. Doom. What about as Galactus? Um, as an anteater. Yeah, he could work there. Yeah. I think he could work anywhere. Well, These are sure. some good options. <laughs> well, sure. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think... Um, oh, I, I just had one. He was one of Spider-Man's <laughs> villains. And now... Um, Craven the Hunter, actually. I think he'd oh. be really interesting yeah, as cool. Craven the Hunter. Oh, he um, could be Moon Knight. Hmm. Do you know Moon Knight? No. Oh, but... he's a superhero. <laughs> like you no, he's just, he's, a, he's essentially Batman if Batman thought he was chosen by an Egyptian god. But he was chosen oh. by an Egyptian god. Sometimes. Sometimes he's just crazy. All right, fair enough. <laughs> um, anyway, so speaking of Keanu, there was also um, E3 recently. Yes. I think bef- like since the last time we talked about news items. So, mm. And Keanu was uh, part of a major moment of E3. For those of you who aren't familiar, E3 is a video game convention it's where like all the major companies come and like debut games and they have uh like people in the gaming community who write reviews and all that they they get to do playthroughs and kind of share what's big and what's new in the industry so yeah keanu is going to be in cyberpunk Cyberpunk 2077 yeah it's kind of a blade runner aesthetic type open Mm -hmm. world game um the graphics look amazing yeah it looks really cool and uh yeah keanu is going to be in it Mm-hmm. Um, in some respect, he was on stage at E3, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone yelled out, or he's like, the, he said the game is breathtaking, and someone yelled out, "You're breathtaking!" <laughs> um, and then that guy got a free Xbox and a free copy of Cyberpunk. Yes. <laughs> nice. See, here's the thing, though. It was really cool, but then all the other news conferences, because Microsoft's was one of the first ones that they did. Mm-hmm. Every news conference after that, once they heard the guy yelled out, everybody in the audience started yelling things out, trying mm. to get the same, like, <laughs> if I yell something and go viral, then maybe yeah. I'll get a game. And I'm generally so, annoyed by people who do that anyway. It's all quiet. It's like, I love you! Yeah. But that guy, yeah, that was, I remember being like, ah, <laughs> he is breathtaking. So, I just love how on board Keanu Reeves seems to be to do anything. <laughs> I don't know. I know Bill and Ted's uh, Face the Music comes out next. Oh, there was casting for that, the villain from Barry, the uh, or um, the oh, bald guy. Yes. I forget what his name is. He's, he's cast, I do too, but I love that guy. He's cast as the villain in Bill and Ted 3. Oh, he's the best. So, um, I have not seen Bill and Ted. That's going to need to be oh, another no. episode. no. Yes, yeah. absolutely. That is one of my all-time favorite yeah, movies. Yeah, we got to do that. We are going to have to do that. 
Um, also, one of the highlights, so as somebody who is really bad at video games, the only <laughs> video game that I play is Minecraft. And on creative. And so. only on creative, because I can't, like, I would just suck in a high-pressure situation. Um, so, I was excited to hear about um, Mojang. They're doing, an, like, an augmented reality game for your phone that's Minecraft. So, you can mm. basically set, like, a surface, uh, like, in on your phone in the real world, and that's your building surface. And you can build, like, structures, and you can make them as big or as small or whatever as you want. And then, and, like, as you move with your phone, you can kind of see it from different angles. Um, but, basically, the cool thing about it is once you're done, you hit done, and it will blow it up to life size on your phone. So if you made like the 10 story tall skyscraper and then you hit done, then on your phone you would see like a 10 story tall oh, cool. like Minecraft skyscraper in front of you and you could actually move and like interact with it. You can't move up and down because unless you can move up and down in the real world. Um, but yeah, pretty cool. Fun. Um, and speaking of augmented reality yeah, games. Segway! Yeah, um, so Harry Potter Wizards Unite came out. Yesterday, um, I think, as, as yeah. a recording. Yeah, yeah, as of recording yesterday, and as of release, because we're going to Well, the day before oh, that, yeah. because those of us who were really anxious for this to come out found out on Thursday oh, <laughs> and yeah. started playing that's it. Actually, <laughs> that's actually a thing, like, um, like some people will have uh, an, an online account in New Zealand, mm -hmm. because they get games a day before oh, really? people here on the west on the Western Hemisphere. So, I like, was yeah. sitting in the theater waiting for Toy Story 4 to start, and just, like, finding creatures <laughs> around the theater and getting them. Nice. That's funny. Yeah. That's awesome. So... Not knowing that much about it because, like, augmented reality in general is not my thing. But, like, so it's catching creatures. Yeah, so done by the Go. same Look. creators of Pokemon Go, it's kind of a similar thing. It's, here's the thing. When Fantastic Beasts came out, my friend and I were like, why didn't they do a Fantastic Beasts game that's just like Pokemon Go, but you catch the creatures and get them back for Newt? Mm -hmm. This is a lot more convoluted than that, and I okay. wish, like, Newt's creatures are part of it, but... I, and I don't really understand the story and I don't care. Someone, <laughs> this is like after, so Harry Potter's an aura, like after they've grown up a little bit, I'm assuming like the 19 years later, it's like kind of set now in that time period. Okay. Um, which I guess doesn't make Newt's commander make sense because he would be, mm -hmm. I guess alive, but really old by then. But anyway, um, they, something's happened so that all of like the, magical items have been scattered around Earth so that humans could potentially find them and the wizarding world will not be a secret anymore. Mm -hmm. And so you are now tasked with like helping the other orders get all of these things back so that humans don't find out about wizardry. Okay, I gotcha. So I did see an ad for it on YouTube or something like that and it was implied that Harry Potter was in it. Yeah. Um, being attacked He's by a Dementor, which is like... been in it. <laughs> But, yeah. like, he's being attacked by a Dementor, and I'm like, isn't that kind of his thing? Was that he can fight those? Like, isn't that his, his, his main thing? But... That is my favorite scene in all of Harry Potter. <laughs> um, yeah, but, like, he and Hermione and other people kind of help instruct you on how to do it. It's cool, though, because so once you find one of these items, which sometimes it is a creature, sometimes it's... Um, now I can't think like of... Like a time-turner? And like, some, a... like one of those, like that serious black poster that moves oh, and sure. different things like that. But once you find it, you have to align it, you know, with the augmented reality. You tap it and then it gives you a spell, like some kind of symbol on your phone and you have to trace it as fast as you can and as accurately so mm. you cast the spell and catch the thing. Gotcha. So that's so like, been difficult. You're not like waving no. your phone around, like <laughs> swish and flick and then you like drop no. your phone and smash it or whatever. Although 
I was at the mall and I got caught. <laughs> this lady at Bath and Body Works is like, are you playing Pokemon Go? And I'm like, it's a Harry Potter one, but yes, same thing. <laughs> so I'm walking around the mall catching all the <laughs> things. But anyway, it's fun. It's yeah. good you were honest. I would have just been like, yes. And then she'd be like, do you want to come to my gym stop? And I'd be like, oh, wait, I lied. I'm sorry. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> yeah. I haven't figured out how... People, you can connect with friends on it, but I haven't figured out how that works yet <laughs> and why that's important. <laughs> so, more news to come, I suppose. Yep, totally. Um, and then finally, the last thing we wanted to talk about as far as news was Greta Gerwig's um, article with Vanity Fair. Yes. Um, in which she discussed, like, their interpretation of Little Women coming out later this year. Yeah, which in December. I'm really excited for it. And there's, uh, a, there's an image of Saoirse Ronan talking with Timothy Chalamet as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Um, yep. And it's like the fourth movie where Saoirse Ronan has stood in a field with a, with a guy and they had a profile and stuff. Yeah, she's had a lot of that as of late. I, I'm not complaining. Oh, so the Winona Ryder one from 1990, I don't know, six, four, something it's around there. Three, I thought it was 93. Uh, somewhere around there. Can I fact check it? Yes. Which, okay. fun fact, is how Christian Bale met his wife because she was Winona Ryder's assistant at the time on that movie and they, that's Aww, what they did. Did he scream at her too? Is that, is that how they... <laughs> I da, 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 da. I 94. I thank you. <laughs> Um, yeah, I... Good for you! <laughs> I love that movie, but this is a 150-year spoiler, but the part, the part where Joe refuses Lori is, like, the most heartbreaking dang thing to me in the world, and that picture has to be that moment, because the way Timothy Chalamet is looking at her, I'm like, oh, he just got dumped big, yeah. and it just breaks my heart, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, one of the things that I really liked about that article was Greta Gerwig talking about how they used Louisa May Alcott, who wrote the book. Um, how they're using her life kind of as an inspiration. They tried to have all of their uh, locations be places from her life or places that could have been like where she lived or worked or like was. Well, for a second, I thought um, you said the way they use Louisa May Alcott like as a producer, and I was like, oh, hey, hold up a minute. Like, yeah, she's dead. <laughs> yeah, no. um, Rest in peace. But yeah, and they, they basically, because Little Women is a bit of a bit autobiographical for Alcott, mm-hmm. um, and. They also play around, I guess, a little bit with sexuality in this interpretation, yep. which I'm really here for. Yeah. Because uh, there's a lot of debate about whether Louisa May Alcott was um, bisexual or a lesbian or, yep. like, the, people question her sexuality because she never married. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... She don't need no man. She don't need <laughs> no man. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to be really, really interesting playing around yeah. with a... Uh, gender fluidity and stuff so yeah and also Greta, there's going to be 100% less <coughs> Kirsten Dunst which I am here for. and 100% more oh, I mean I hate Amy anyway <laughs> the, she's, a, she's a bad uh, she's an annoying character so all the casting's a good choice it's like, I'm sorry I'm less enthused about Emma Watson being in it but at least she's Meg the most boring of the sisters <laughs> womp womp I actually yeah. like Meg a lot I think she's got some good complexity yeah. to her but Greta Gerwig I mean I've talked about I loved Lady Bird so much that was an autobiographical for Greta and mm-hmm. so it and she said that this one's like almost even more personal for her because she grew up with this book and yeah. you know she always related to Joe. So I'm just really excited to see her take. I am too. Oh. It's gonna be so good. I'm yeah. so excited. Oh. Um, okay, cool. Moving on to the notebook. Um, <laughs> yeah. That seems Yay. Like it down after talking about. <sighs> okay, it's fine. Uh, so let's do first exposures to the notebook. Um, you two have not been exposed. Well, I, well, <laughs> okay, so, so I kind of, no, I kind of well, yeah. my my first exposure to the notebook was. Uh, I can't remember if we recorded this or not. I think I brought it up before. Um, but there was like an ad campaign about turning your cell phone off in the movies <laughs> yes. where they dubbed in a conversation about like a dog pooping on the rug over the final scene in the notebook, the climactic rain scene. It was like, he pooped. 
he pooped all over the place. Like, it was like, turn off your cell phones because you don't want your, you know, conversations to get mixed in with the movie. That yeah, I miss those. So, <laughs> those good. so that's kind of, I guess that's my first exposure. To, I really? Guess. That was it? I, I guess. I mean, I for mean, me, it was, I have intentionally resisted watching The Notebook, like, ever since it came out. And I think this is a big reason why is because when it came out, I was like, what? I guess it would have I would have been 15 or 16 so I was in high school mm-hmm. and I remember all of these girls just gushing about the movie but all the girls who were gushing about it were girls that I didn't personally respect. didn't like I didn't respect <laughs> I liked them well enough but I was like yeah you are not well, a person who I can oh. trust when it comes so, to movies so that's why every time we go to a place with a copy of the notebook you smash it like every time <laughs> we walk into the library we break the disc in half or something like yeah. that wow like, violence resist <laughs> No, but like all of the girls that like, I knew to be kind of nice but vapid, yeah. I would say. Like all of these <laughs> all of these boy crazy kind of vapid girls that I knew were just enamored with this movie and I was just like, if you like it that much, it's clearly not a movie for me. Um but which is I my, love it. And now yeah, you know and that's like the thing. me. That's the and thing don't is think that I'm vapid. Exactly. <laughs> and having grown up, I know that there there are people out there. I was gonna say that's, a, that's an assumption right now. I know. <laughs> that was a big assumption, I know. <laughs> But, like, now that I'm older, like, I realize that there are people out there who have good taste, who still like The Notebook, and that's, like, that's fine. I still am of the personal opinion that it is not for me. So, <laughs> this, this is why I was so hoping So, this is your job were... to change my mind in this episode. I, I don't know if you necessarily want to know. <laughs> I was hoping you guys would watch it because I, so when watching it again, I felt like, it's a movie I still really love, and to be honest, I still cried, I still loved mm-hmm. it, but in watching it, I'm like, wow, this has not aged well, and so <laughs> it would be interesting to have someone watch it for the first time in 2019. Yeah. There are a lot of problems with it. Well, it's and in so, the 40s, though, right? So, I mean, like... Yes. Well, and I, I also... <laughs> we'll talk about it. <laughs> okay, I also, with this movie, another reason why I've resisted it is I very much dislike movies that are heavy-handed in that they are only, like, every single plot point, every single thing about it is only there to make you cry. Yes. Like, I don't like, appreciate that in movies. And yeah, exactly. A lot of other that's, things I That's watch. why I haven't watched This Is Us, too. Like, I, I'm like, yeah, no, I, like, I'm not opposed to crying in movies. I'm not opposed to seeing movies that make me, like, yeah. feel genuine emotion. But... I also do not want to feel like I'm being emotionally manipulated by my no, movie. Courtney's, so. Courtney's a robot, so if she cries, it messes up some of her subroutines. So. <laughs> You're being really Emotional hard on me Emotional subroutine. Bleep, You're being really hard on me in this episode, which is funny considering you also have not seen this movie. <laughs> anyway. My first exposure. <laughs> um, I actually read the book before the movie came out, Ooh. so I'm hardcore into this. Um... Yeah, so I, I read the book. I was much more of a hopeless romantic in middle school and high school than I am now. Um, the cruel world has uh, turned me a little bit, but no, I, I was like a big mush pot. I still am a little bit, but especially back then. And so I was like, oh, this is so romantic. And anyway, um, yeah, should yeah. we get into it? Yes, let's, let's do it. Um so, I wanted to start just a teeny bit. Um, I'm hoping this is the only time we cover Nicholas Sparks. <laughs> I don't think there's any other reason to. So, I wanted to talk uh, about him a little bit. Um, just for some basic background. Um, so, obviously, The Notebook was based on a book written by Nicholas Sparks. Um, he's kind of an American icon as far as, like, I these romance novels goes. He's, like, one of the biggest names in that genre. 
Um, he was encouraged by his mom to start writing. There was a quote about, like, she told him, you know, you're bored, you need to find something to do, you should write a novel, when he was pretty young. Um, he didn't do that right away. He actually, um, I guess, went to school, kind of wrote a little bit, but um, wrote some novels that were never published. Um, he wrote The Notebook in his spare time while he was selling pharmaceuticals. Um, and he, yeah, that was his first one published. Um, so he sold it. Do you guys want to take a guess at how much he, like how much his advance was <laughs> when he sold this book? Uh, 10,000. Ander? 8,000. One million dollars for his wow. first book. Oh my god! <laughs> um, I found that wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially like now, he could sell anything. Just it's like James Patterson or a bunch of other people where you just see Nicholas Sparks and you'll buy it, buy it if you're into that kind of romance stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so that was pretty big. Um, so he got that deal in '95, and the book was released um, in 1996. Uh, it made the New York Times bestseller list in its first week of release. Um, so it the bet paid off <laughs> for them to spend a million dollars on it. And which book was this again? Sorry. That's a notebook. This is That's a notebook. notebook, okay. Yeah. So his first one. Um, how, so I have some questions for you guys. All right, let's do this. How much you want to know about yes. Nicholas Sparks here, or how much you I'm can gonna, guess I'm, about Nicholas Sparks. Can I, can I just say, I'm going to get 100% on this. Okay. <laughs> um, how many novels has he published? 23. 60. <laughs> 20. So very oh, close. Um, and 11 of those have been number one New York Times bestsellers. Um, so at this point, yeah, he's just kind of a household name. Um, 50% ain't bad. Yeah. I mean, there are ones that are... Anyway, I'll get into that. Um, how many of those novels have been made into movies? Six. Seven. Eleven. Oh. Uh, how many can you name? <laughs> oh my gosh. Since we've established uh, okay, that you guys right, haven't right. seen okay. any right. or Dear John. Dear yeah. John. Uh, Watch Remember. The Notebook. Uh, Safe Haven. Yeah. Longest Ride. Yeah. Uh, was Letters to Juliet one? No. 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 In that vein. <laughs> yeah, that was that's close, but that's that was fine. that was also meant to save for you. They don't recast. Yeah. Um, um, oh, what is that one with Amelia Clark? That is, it, is not what that's I not me before oh. you. Oh, the best it of me. It is also in that vein. Yeah. Yes, best of me. Yes. Okay. Do you know how that movie, how that plot goes? No, that one's I don't. Wild. I don't. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm I'm at a loss. No, I'm looking them up on. on oh, that's like, cheating. Well, now you're. No, no, no. I, I was, but I had it, I had it on my phone, but I was going to see how it. So now I have it. So I was like, it seems like we've hit a plateau. So I was just going to start listing them off. No, but. you got half. That was pretty good, Andrew. Um, so this is. G gonna be another I'll, I'll just give it to you so Message in a Bottle was actually the first novel of his that was made into a movie oh that was based on the Sting song or the police song <laughs> no <laughs> Message in a Bottle um that had Kevin Costner and Robin Wright in it um then we gotta walk to remember then we have the notebook Nights in Rodanthe <laughs> with um, oh, Diane yeah. Lane and Virginia Gere you own that don't you no <laughs> don't no? sound so that was like what? you took offense to that what's the uh, what's the one that you're thinking of Dr. Zhivago no I'm, I am absolutely <laughs> not thinking of Dr. Zhivago <laughs> those are not the same thing <laughs> right? at all wait isn't that one with Diane Keaton and Dustin Hoffman is that uh I have one that has Dustin Hoffman but I can't remember what it is. Last Chance Harvey. That's, that's the one. That's the one. Sorry. 
I guess it's not. Well, see, this is. Cool. I thought you guys would have guessed higher because now there's a lot of movies that feel like a Nicholas Sparks adaptation. <laughs> a Dog's Purpose. <laughs> well, and The Vow was one for oh, a while yeah, because yeah, it also right. has Channing Tatum and Rachel McAdams, both like staples of. Yes. Anyway, yeah, I see they do repeat casting. Um, got Dear John. The last song, so what brought Miley Cyrus oh, and Liam my. Hemsworth together. Oh, boo. I hope I hope Nicholas Sparks dies for that. Um, the lucky one was Zac Efron and Taylor oh, Schilling. Was was Charlie St. Cloud also one? No. Or is that... <laughs> but it also feels like <laughs> feels one. Feels like one? Okay. Um, Safe Haven, we got Best of Me. Which that's So this is the only one I'm aware of where... James Marston is in the notebook and he's the lead in Best of Me, so that's like mm. an obvious carryover. And we got the longest ride. And the most recent from 2016 is The Choice. Um, it is that got a 12 percent run to me. Yeah, I was going to so say, are there, not any, very well are there any development? Because uh, yes, because I, there's some allegations against Nicholas Sparks that are pretty recent from like last week or something like that. So I wonder how that affects. Yeah, um, he has two. Let me see. He has sold the screenplay adaptations for True Believer and At First Sight, more recent novels of his. Um, so yeah, whether those are in development, he's sold them. He's sold. Okay. Anyway, well, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean anything. No, it doesn't. <laughs> um, knowing how well his movies do though i mean the most recent one was 23 million so like not that great but i mean the notebook 115 million dollars i dear john 114 million like a lot of these are close to um 100 million dollars with and considering their budget that's a pretty big payoff so they do well (laughs) um but yeah do we have to talk about the allegations against him i think we've already brought it up so i think we're good it's probably it's noteworthy but yeah, I don't know. Just be kind to all people, Nicholas Sparks. Um, it's a little late for that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, a little late for that. Um. Okay. La- last question for you then. Um, how many? So we established eleven movies have been mm. made from Nicholas Sparks' no- novels. How many of these movies involve a death as a major plot point all of, of the them. film? All of them. All of them. Uh, I'm going to say nine. It's ten out of the eleven. Oh, <laughs> so right in between. Let's, let's put the difference between the two of us. Yeah. What's the one that doesn't? You guys, um, the choice. The most recent All right. one. Um, which still involves someone going into a coma and almost dying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so is that the big twist? Like, ah, you had to die with it really not. <laughs> um, what was that? Yeah. Are they drunk? <laughs> Kind That's of. The twist. <laughs> they all. So maybe we can talk about. Even if you guys haven't seen these, I think it's kind of clear. Like I have, themes. <laughs> I have listened to the "How Did This Get Made" for for Safe Haven, yes. so I feel like I'm an expert in that one. Though I'm probably not. <laughs> Which that one I haven't seen most of these, but I read all the plots <laughs> to like familiarize myself. That one's the one with her abusive husband, right? Who yes. then comes back, and he's the one that gets killed. So, but it's usually like. One of the two romantic leads, or like a very close, like their father, or it's usually yeah. someone that's like it's a pretty sad. In that case, it was the ex-husband, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I think Courtney really had it right that it's usually a little bit emotionally manipulative yep. <laughs> in these movies. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but, you know, just a love story that's intended to make you cry. I don't know if there's anything more to say about that. <laughs> Everyone should see Locked, remember, because that, that and The Notebook, I think, are the best of the ones I've seen or read about. See, I think I'm thinking of a different movie, because I, th- I thought I said I saw a Locked, remember, but mm-hmm. now I'm thinking that it was actually A Walk in the Clouds, which stars Keanu Reeves. Uh, so, uh. bringing it all back. <laughs> Yes. Full circle. <laughs> yep. And the podcast right here. Woo! <laughs> See you next week. Bye-bye. Just um, great. Well, okay. I think that any other comments or should I just start talking about The Notebook? Just, Inform yeah. you of how Go The for Notebook it. I'm going to be reactionary in this. Okay, great. <laughs> you said what? Oh, um, no. The, the baby goose? <laughs> I'll tell you. So I read the book a long time ago, but I'm going to base this off of the film because I feel like it's a lot more iconic. So we do want to go over like some key scenes in it. Um, so the way this movie is framed, um, how we get the title The Notebook, um, is there's a man named Duke, um, who an older man who is at a nursing home, and he's reading to um, this elderly woman. Um I'm trying to remember. There are certain things I don't want to get. If you guys haven't seen it, I'm like, can I surprise you yes. with the twist yes. of this? Maybe not. Here's the thing. Um, Even though I have not seen it. You know. That I, I know. Yeah, yeah. I figured. It's okay. I skimmed the Wikipedia plot summary, so <laughs> surprise so away. You know. So you feel like you're an expert. No. I, no I, but won't, at, at I won't end, try to surprise you. At the end of the Wikipedia summary, I was like, yeah, I'm not really retaining this information, so feel free to try the surprise. <laughs> um, so we have Duke that's reading to this older woman um, at the nursing home. He's reading it to her from a notebook so it is the titular notebook um so he's telling her this love story about uh, our two main characters are noah calhoun and Allie hamilton and I'll, I'll say like i said i love this movie but i will admit where there are parts of it that are have not aged well <laughs> um so this is in 1940 in seabrook south carolina so kind of a little beachside sort of town I, would that be beachside yeah. anyway like, sure. oh yeah I mean if it's Nicholas Sparks it's beachside yes. <laughs> Carolina town like. yes <laughs> that's another yes <laughs> another trait of all of his um so Noah, um, so maybe to establish, so Noah doesn't come from much. He like works at a lumber yard. Um, and then Allie is like, her family is very wealthy. They're just vacationing in Seabrook. Um, she's really well to do as supposed to, her parents have great ambitions for her and she like, they want her to go to Sarah Lawrence and marry rich basically because <laughs> she was a woman in the forties. So not have a career, but marry rich. Um, Noah sees Allie at a carnival. He's with his friend Finn. Um, and he's instantly like, who is that girl? She's beautiful. Gotta date her. Um, and so he like approaches her and tries to, would you go out with me? And this Allie, to her credit, is like, I don't know you. Like, I've never spoken to you. And you looked at me and just want to go out with me. That's really (laughs) odd. Um, so they're at the carnival. She and one of the guys she was with that's kind of into her both get on the Ferris wheel. And at the last second, Noah... I should say, so Noah's Ryan Gosling, Allie is um, Rachel McAdams. So Ryan Gosling, last second there, sees Allie getting on and like jumps into the seat in between the two of them on the Ferris wheel as it starts going up. <laughs> um, and they're yelling at him like, you can't have three people on there. What, honey? He says, I need, you have to go out with me. You have to go on a date with me. <laughs> and Noah, no means no. This is where it hasn't aged very well, but he's very insistent on it. And then he kind of... <coughs> He says he'll get off, and he starts, he climbs onto the Ferris wheel, he's kind of hanging from a rung on the Ferris wheel, and says, I'm going to drop and let go if you do not agree to go out on a date with me. Um, And 
She's like, that's no, a, I don't want to go out with you. What? That's emotional manipulation <laughs> on the level of Nicholas yes. Sparks. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, he so eventually she's like, fine, I'll go out with you because he like drops an arm and he's hanging by one arm and he's looking really sad and pathetic. Um, but again, to her credit, she's like, oh, you think you're so smart, right? And she pulls his pants down, so he's <laughs> hanging there in his boxers. Um, but it run, is Ryan Gosling, so maybe that was a treat for everybody. It was for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, they run into each other later, and he's like, so when are we going on our date? And I was like, you tricked me into that. I'm not going to go out with you. Um, but eventually, Allie's friend is dating um, Noah's friend, and so they kind of trick him into a, a night out at the movies, and so she ends up having to go, and she's not thrilled about it. Um <laughs> At the, after the movie, they kind of go off on their own because their two friends are making out and, like, <laughs> need some alone time, obviously. So they kind of walk off, and Noah's asking her about herself. And it's clear that, like, Allie's pretty sheltered. She um, goes through, and she does all these lessons, like, her schedule every day is, you know, I have a French lesson, a Latin lesson, and then my piano lesson and whatnot. And she's really, it's like she's in finishing school or something, like <laughs> being brought up into being a proper woman or whatever at the time. Um, and Noah says, well, like, what is, what's the thing that you do for you? And he kind of starts getting out of her, like, you're not, I thought you were free and it seems like you're not. <laughs> like yeah. your, your parents are making you do all these things. Um, she admits she likes to paint and that's kind of what she does for herself. And there's a weird part where <laughs> Noah also trying to get her out of her shell is like, oh, my dad and I, when we were young, would just lay out in the middle of the street. It's very late at night. No cars are coming, but they're like watching the street lights change. Um, and so she's laying out and they're both laying out in the middle of the road <laughs> and she's like, what happens if a car comes and Noah says, we die, <laughs> just calm down. And so that's a meme I feel like comes up, the, <laughs> we die. Um, but they, they end up, a car does come and they like hurry and rush off and she's like, I've never felt more alive. And oh my so it kind of established that establishes like Noah's at least getting her out of her shell a little bit and, um, kind of. Like, you have the choice to do what you want. You don't have to do just what your parents want you to do. And they dance in the middle of the street. And then after yeah, don't, that... Don't go to a Latin lesson. Lie in the street. I know. <laughs> That's how you feel alive. <laughs> um, after that point, then, they are, like, madly in love. <laughs> um, and, oh, and at that point, too, what they're dancing to in the middle of the street, he starts humming um, the song, I'll Be Seeing You. Oh, um, sure. That comes up in multiple moments. So that's where it starts. Um, there's like kind of a montage then if they're like summer romance, she's riding, he's riding a bike and she's on the handlebars and that whole kind of thing. Um, on a bicycle built for t- Yes. <laughs> um, they, so I'll mention because it's another iconic scene, they're at the, o- it, like on the beach in the ocean and she's, um, she says in another life, no, I think I could have been a bird. Do you think I could have been a bird? And. She says, say I'm a bird, say I'm a bird. And he's like, you're a bird. And um, Ollie then tells Noah, say you're a bird too. And he says, if you're a bird, I'm a bird. Aw. <laughs> um, I gush a little bit because it's cute. Um, anyway, but the problem comes in where, like I said, Ellie's parents are really rich and they immediately do not approve of her being really infatuated with this boy who comes from nothing. Um, and so there's a really awkward meeting. They invite him over for this luncheon and people are asking him, how much do you make at the lumber yard? And like, it's very uncomfortable. Um, so there's that. We know the parents disapprove. Um, then also part of that summer, we've got a scene where um, 
I don't know. They Noah takes Allie to this abandoned Victorian house. It's super gorgeous and but run hot. down. Hot. Uh, yes, very hot. Um, <laughs> um, Noah. tells her like he's always had this dream of buying this house and fixing it up and making it really beautiful and she says well what about me like are you going to consider what I want he's like well what do you want she says well I want a big white house and I want there to be blue shutters and I want a big open room in the back where I can paint and a porch that wraps around she gives him all of these things it's sad that I remember all of that off the top of my head (laughs) anyway (laughs) um he tells her that, and he's like, okay, like, I, I promise you I will do that. When I build this house, I will do all of these things that you want. And instead, he turns it into one big man cave. <laughs> we will see. <laughs> um, he, okay, then there's an awkward part where they're going to have sex, and they both kind of individually start taking pieces of clothing off, and it's a little bit awkward. Um then, so, the mansion, it's kind of dusty, like it's abandoned, no one's been in it, and so he lays down like a blanket, and they're just going to have sex in the middle of this big abandoned mansion, uh, it's a little bit, yeah. Um, what that, girl doesn't want to be taken to an abandoned house and romanced? Um, yeah, um, so their so, fun night is sort of ruined because... Allie keeps talking and is really nervous and won't shut up. But then also um, their friend Finn runs in. Um, they're like, get out, Finn! And he says, look, Allie's parents are looking all over town like it's late at night and they think she's gone missing. So they've called the cops and they're looking for it. So they all go back to Allie's house um, and the parents are yelling at her and saying, you've been all out all night with this boy. He's not good enough for you. Oh, He's see, trash. See, I thought where it was going was they're going to be like, we like this boy and you should definitely date him. I thought that's <laughs> this is going so you've already that's surprised how all me. these types yes, of things go <laughs> exactly i'm already surprised <laughs> so surprised um the surprise will not be much of a surprise <laughs> honestly um but so Allie comes back out no over here's the mom saying he's trash and you shouldn't be with him and the summer's gonna be over anyway and we're gonna go back home and what's gonna happen then um and um so Allie comes back out and tries to bring noah back and he's like Look, you know, it, it. your parents don't like me. It's not going to work out anyway. Like, you're going to go off to... She does get into Sarah Lawrence. So he's like, you're going to go off to school in New York, and I'm not going to be with you, and I'm not just going to move out there, and what do, you, what do we do? We should just end it. And they kind of have this screaming match about, like, well, you should just break up with me now, then. Why wait until the end of the summer? Blah, blah, blah. Um, so they kind of break it off, but immediately, you see through the montage, too, like, they're always kind of bickering at each other, um, which is maybe... That's a criticism of the movie that, like, people think, oh, like, you you fight because you're passionate with each other, right? And, like, that's a sign of a good romance and maybe not so much, but they're always kind of bickering. Um, but immediately knows about to try to off and Allie's like, you didn't mean it, though, did you? Like, we're not breaking up. And they're still obviously, like, very into each other. Um, so the next morning, the parents tell Allie, Allie, we're going home early, um, because they want to keep her away from Noah, and so she goes to the lumberyard trying to tell Noah that she's leaving, um, but she doesn't, um, Noah isn't there, so she tells Finn, just tell Noah that I love him, and I still want us to be together, and she leaves. Um, Noah then... Does not tell him. 
He does. Oh. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, that seems like a, I don't know, like... Finn tells him, and he runs over to the house trying to catch her, and he doesn't. Um, but then, so he proceeds to write to Allie every day for a year. So 365 letters trying to say, I still love you and all of this, but the mother intercepts all of them. <laughs> uh, so... I was going to say, but he's illiterate and he can't write, so... <laughs> <laughs> It's drawings. It's drawings of. I said. It's drawings of birds and like things he found on the side of the road. Oh, bird, you, bird, me. Um, but this you and me is just scribbles. Yeah. I think he's trying to say this is us. I don't. I, don't know. I can't tell. That's um, a different show. <laughs> Um, so you've got Allie miserable, but thinking that Noah has abandoned her, and then you have Noah thinking Allie's never written him back, so between the two of them, it kind of, after a year, he thinks, okay, I have to give this up now, it takes him a whole year to come to that realization, but he eventually does and says, okay, I'm just gonna not. I, I wish, is there a scene in the movie where you like, he like wakes up on the 365th day and is like, I'm gonna write to Allie, and then writes, and he wakes up the next morning going, yeah, you know what that was No, he writes like one last letter, though, that it's like, I I realize, like, I'm not bitter anymore because I realized that what we had was real and that we really loved each other and I'll always have that nice memory. <laughs> but there's there's no post on Sundays. How is he going to, like, is she just get two letters? Actually, that's a good point, yeah. <laughs> he gets two letters on Monday. She's like, oh boy! Yeah, like, there's one thing Angela from Harry Potter's. So no, no post on Sundays. <laughs> and he keeps, there's a part, the mailman keeps coming. He's like, anything yet? And can you imagine the poor mailman for the whole year? He's like, nothing today, Noah. Nothing today. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry, Noah, but if you ask me again, I'm going to punch you in the teeth. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm um, a mailman. I do my job good. Back off. Um, so, yeah, they <laughs> decided to give it up. Um, this is where on my list I put a note, old people, <laughs> to remind myself um, of the framing of the story, right? So every once in a while it does cut back to the man that's reading to this elderly woman and... Um, I mean, I I should probably just spoil it. I think in the book it does a better job of like kind of waiting for the twist. In the movie, it becomes pretty obvious from these little segments of the two of them that this older couple is Noah and Allie. <laughs> um, they, you don't. He doesn't say. He says he's just a friend, but you can kind of tell like that Duke, or. Duke, quote unquote, um, but really Noah is like more invested in this woman than he's letting on. Um, but there's parts where, like, he has kids come in, and he introduces um, Allie to the kids, and she's like, oh, it's nice to meet you, and then she leaves, and the kids say, mom doesn't recognize us, and, you know, you need to come home, and it kind of comes out that, so he's, even though he's healthier than Allie is, he has stayed around to take care of her, because that's the love of his life, and he doesn't want to let her go. Um, so going back to the 40s, the story at hand here, um, since both of them have kind of decided this relationship's over, um, it's World War Two, and so Noah decides to enlist in the war. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's not the way you phrase that. It's like because they decided that this relationship was over, no, it led to World enlisted. War Two. Like that decision is what led to World War Two. Like, <laughs> like Hitler was sitting there, like, what? Noah broke up. That's it. Hold in his mind. <laughs> I can't believe no, and exactly. Ali broke up. <laughs> that did have an effect. Uh, no, no. Oh uh, no, no, I need more Sudetenland. Ah. No, no. At this point, though, another.
other criticism is that, like, he's so upset from this world. They were very young, too. Like, she is 17 at the beginning of this movie. And so, like, it's unrealistic for him to be like, I- I'm just gonna go up to war and I don't care if I die or anything, if anything happens now because this girl doesn't want me. It was me. a it's summer a little, fling, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, it's a little much, but, um... Anyway, so he's finding the war. Finn dies, which is a really Aww. sad, like, little aside that's not the done guy, over with really quickly. Not the guy from Entourage. Oh, no. Is it the guy from Entourage? It's Kevin Connolly. Oh, okay. Okay. I don't know. I, I, I have no context for Entourage. All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also during the war, Allie volunteers at a hospital for... Um, wounded soldiers and so she's treating this captain named Lon who is James Marston. He's in like a fl- He gets he gets the shaft in a lot of movies. Yeah, man. he does. I'm sorry, James Marston. Oh. He's constantly the man who gets like professional cuck. Is that Yeah, oh, he gets okay. he gets passed over all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was too explicit for this podcast. I just don't like it. <laughs> he gets passed I, I over like many word. a movie. Um, anyway, um, he's in a full body cast where Nally finds him, but he's like, when I get better, I'll ask you out on a date, cut to, he's now all of a sudden magically better, looking fine in his uniform, <laughs> and he asks Sally out on a date, um, he's from, like, old Southern money, and so, um, they start dating, obviously the parents are thrilled, because this is all they've ever wanted for her, is to marry Rich, um, and so they've been together a little bit, um, and they get engaged. Um, James Marsden is really cute in this, and it's kind of unfortunate. Um, Noah, when he gets back from the war, does go to New York at one point, and, like, by the hands of fate, ends up seeing Allie, and he sees Allie and Lon together. Like, she kisses him, and so he's figured out, oh, she's, I happen to bump into her, but she's also moved on, and so my life is over. Um, Al, or Noah's dad sells their house so that Noah can then take the money and buy that Victorian home and start restoring it. Um, His dad passes away, (coughs) um, leaving him basically, his dad's gone, Allie's with someone else, and so he puts everything he's got into rebuilding this house, um, and he's gone a little bit crazy. So once he gets it built, um, he's, like, people come wanting to buy it from him. First, they say, (laughs) the narration is like, um, first he thinks seriously about setting it on fire, and Mm -hmm. then he's like, I guess I'll sell it, but then every person that comes, he has a reason to not let them buy the house from him. Um, And he built, it's worth noting, like, the house exactly the way Allie wanted him to build it, and so he's really hung up on her. Um, They take his picture in the paper, um, and they take his picture, put it in the paper to say, like, oh, he restored this, like, landmark that's been here all this time. Um, and that's where Allie comes back into the picture. So she sees Noah with the house in the paper, um, and she's trying on wedding dresses and she faints when she sees the picture. Um, and she's thinking about it and she tells Lon, I, I gotta get some, take care of some business in Seabrook. And she goes back to see Noah, which is the biggest mistake anyone's (laughs) ever made when you're already an engaged woman. But, so she goes back, um... Also, during during this point, Noah's kind of seeing this woman who was widowed in her husband died in the war, um, but he's not treating her very well, and that part really makes me mad. He's basically just using her as a booty call, (laughs) Um, and so this poor woman is like, every time, you know, you're with me, you're not really looking at me. I feel like you're seeing someone else, Um, so he's been hung up on Allie this whole time. So Allie then shows up on his doorstep, and he's like... Oh boy, mm-hmm. <laughs> Noah still wants her back. Um, they 
Yeah, she shows them the house, and they reminisce about the, the floor that they tried to have sex on. Yeah. <laughs> um, they come, and they basically agree to be friends. The The woman he's been hooking up with comes over and kind of tells him, I can see between, the, like, this is the girl you've been in love with this whole time. Like, I hope it works out for you, too, because obviously you're still in love with her. Um, and so Allie um, is going to go back, but then Noah says, oh, would you come back the next morning? I have something I want to show you. And so the next day she comes back and there, um, there's kind of a pond or something by the house and she takes her and there's all these birds like out on the pond and so it's beautiful and she's feeding the birds and whatnot. Um, they're having this nice moment and she's like, we were really in love, weren't we? And they're reminiscing. <laughs> um, then it starts raining all of a sudden. It's just a downpour. It's raining and... You know, they're about to rush into the house, and Allie kind of turns back to Noah and says, why didn't you write me? Like, it wasn't over for me. I was still in love with you, and you didn't do anything. And he says, I wrote you every day. This is the scene that he's... This is the dog poop scene, yep. the iconic scene. (laughs) The Um, dog poop scene. He says, you know, I wrote to you every day for a year, Um, and he said, it's not over for me either. It's still not over, and then they kiss. And, I mean, it's great until you remember that she's engaged and cheating on her fiancé, but anyway... um, so, really good kissing, going to the house, start sleeping together, and la di da da They're hooking up. Um, so, yeah, they... I'm trying to think. <laughs> now, that goes on for a little bit of um, them being together. She, um, one morning, he, um, she wakes up and Noah's gone, and he's left a note, like, follow the arrows for a surprise. So she goes around the house and sees that he, like, set up the whole room, like, the art studio for her and had all Aww. of the paints and, like, all the things for her. And so um, she starts painting. Um, there's a knock at the door, and then she goes to the door, and it's her mother. <laughs> um, and her mom kind of figured out. Lon was worried and knew where she went, and the parents kind of put together, oh, she went back to see Noah. <laughs> this isn't good. <laughs> um, so she comes, and she, you know, is explaining you know, we only want her what's best for you and whatnot. And um, the mom takes her to, I, I don't know if it's a lumber yard or somewhere else, but um, takes her to see this. It, she's like, do you see that man over there, this worker? Um, and ba- essentially the mom had a similar story where one summer she fell in love with like blue collar worker and had this love affair with them and her parents didn't approve and she ended up marrying her husband and still living a good life. And she's like, I love your father, but you know, like I you know, I really loved this guy too, and now, you know, he's out of my life. And turn, turn out, it's in the same town that they vacation in. <laughs> yeah, why yeah, would you I ever go so. back there? Like, <laughs> you think she's just gonna run into well, the guy? Like, yeah, I mean, okay, hang on a second. Like, hang on, just, just a cotton picking second here. Because, so, so she falls in love with this guy. Yes. And her parents are like, no. But we're still gonna go back there for vacations and stuff like that. Yeah. Or and then like she's like, then well, she gets married and then goes, hey, you know what'd be really fun is if we <laughs> go back. So is Rachel McAdams actually that lumber kid's kid? Is that what we're? No. Is that what we're gonna, because I think uh, you know what? That's my head now. But that's yeah. <laughs> None of that speculation. No, what's really creepy about it is the mom says, like, sometimes I just come here just to watch it. <laughs> this guy, she was what? Like, what? And what? Part of me, I, 
there's like he has an unhealthy relationship. But well, well, why is there? Why would you keep going? Why if you're the parents, you're like, well, that's no, why you stay away from that boy. But we're gonna keep going back. Why and then when you grow up, you're gonna spot. keep going back. <laughs> she was like, I'm gonna keep coming back and seeing this guy. Oh my god, up. it is pretty messed up. And the mom's upset. And she's like, I want you to know I love your father. Like it's not like I betrayed the father, but like I think she kind that is of, incorrect. Yeah, she definitely <laughs> she did. Rachel McAdams is is she an only child? Yes. She is 100% that Lumberjack's kid. 100%. That dude is firing blinks, and the Lumberjack guy is Rachel McAdams' real dad. Head cannon. No, it's real cannon. It is real cannon. Um, So the mom is trying to say, like, I understand, and now you have a choice, right? Like, I chose security, but you could choose love if you wanted to. Um, And she takes her back to Noah's house and says, here are all the letters. And she kept, which is also weird, the mom kept all the letters, all bundled up. I imagine they're from Jimmy, when I read them as I stare at him in the lumber yard. (laughs) Um... So <laughs> Is it weird that you're learning all this sexual perversion from your mother? Is that weird? I'm letting you in. Do you want in on this hot lumberjack action? Because you can sit here with me if you'd like. Rachel McAdams, you can have a seat. These I, women have a type. They handle the women. I can read the letters real slowly to you as you watch if you want to do that. So... <laughs> or something it's been a while um and he says well what are you gonna do Allie and she's like well I don't know and she's being stupid because it's like you came back had sex with Noah even though you're engaged but now you still think you're gonna go back and marry Lon yeah, what, what, everyone's like, she got more evidence that she should marry Ryan Gosling and now she's waffling like I was, yeah now she's yes I, 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 <laughs> What? Oh, and the other point too. So while her and the mom are driving around, they realize Lon has come into town. So he's at the hotel waiting to carry her back. (laughs) So, um, so they get into this (laughs) fight, which is maybe the most. uh, It's my favorite part. Who gets into the fight? Her and Lon? No. So she's still with Noah. So Allie and Noah start fighting, and Noah's like. You know, you have to just decide what you want. It doesn't matter what I want. It doesn't matter what he wants. It matters what you want. You're the one with the decision here. And she's like, well, it's not that simple. And he's like, but it is that simple. You you pick the one you love the most. It is that that simple, Rachel McAdams. Um, Or are you still thinking, are you still creeped out by your mom? Is that what this is? She's just like, ah, no, I just need a shower. Could you back up off me for a minute? I need a shower. Um... And she, she says, like, you know, we're all we're already fighting with each other. That's how it's going to be. And he's like, well, yeah, we're going to fight, and it's going to be hard, but, like, I love you, and that's what I want. Like, I, I wanted, you know, even if it's hard, I want to be with you. Um, so she drives off because <laughs> they're angry at each other. And poor Ryan Gosling is like, well, I lost her one time. I guess I'll lose her again. Like, uh. whatever. So she goes back to Lon at the hotel. And <laughs> she tells Lon everything that happened, which I think that people have pointed out. The book makes it explicit. This is, what, now like the 50s, 60s. She she hasn't slept with Lon yet. She hasn't. So at this time, it's a little bit more of it, like, she comes off as not that great that she went and anyway um he's judging her a little bit but Lon says no like 
it's it's fine. I still love you and I still want to marry you, but I don't have to I don't want to have to convince you that like I'm better than the other guy. Like I need you to choose me. Um and she sits there and anyway, she ultimately is, she says, "Well, like I know that I should be with you." Um but then cut to and at this point it's cutting back and forth between old old Noah telling the story to old Allie. Man Noah old man Noah <laughs> telling the story. Um and Old woman Allie says, well, who did she choose? And cut to Allie driving back to Noah's house, shows up, and she kind of shrugs at him. And it's like, okay, it's going to be us too. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Yes. Um, are, are you okay if we together. go to New York and I watch Lon at whatever business he's doing? Yeah. Is that, are you okay if we vacation? Are you okay if we do that? Is that, fun, right? is that something we can do? Because apparently I have a genetic predisposition to like some seriously creepy yeah. crap here. Um. So, so they're together and obviously had kids together because we've seen them earlier in the movie. Um, so One of them looks a lot like James Marsden for some reason. <laughs> you you got to wonder. Um, so older, uh, Noah and Allie are, he, so it's when Allie finally then realizes, oh, the story that you're telling is our story. She realizes at the very end um, and... Uh, Noah puts on I'll be seeing you and they start dancing together but Allie like quickly so she has dementia um and she quickly like forgets who Noah is and um needs to be sedated and it's really sad (laughs) so you can see their life as like these brief glimpses of she remembers and you know they're together and in love again and then she forgets and um it's very sad um he kind of is flipping through the notebook and at the front um it's Allie's handwriting so Allie wrote the whole notebook so that um, saying like, you know, if you read this story to me, I'll always come back to you. Um, <laughs> this is where I start crying. Um, so, um, Noah has, so Noah's been, they say he had like a heart attack and, um, he has another heart attack then. And so he hasn't been, he's been better than Allie, but not exactly well either. Um, so once he, you know, is released again I guess from the hospital he late at night tries to go visit Allie the nurse like pretends like it's past visiting hours you can't visit her but like secretly lets him in um and so he sits by Allie's bedside and Allie at this does remember him again and says um well Noah do you think you know it's possible like that you know we could go together you know that um like I keep forgetting it's just really hard and like you know can fate come in one last time and let us go together so that we can just be together um the next morning the nurse comes in and both Noah and Allie had passed away together at the same time that's when I cry (laughs) murder suicide there's a pillow there's a pillow in Noah's hands they were both just very old um so yeah two gunshots bam bam And I'll be seeing he starts playing again as the credits roll. Um, so, question. Yes. <laughs> where did he get the nickname Duke? And why is that in there? I don't know. That part's very weird. I think... I think like, like when he was in his 40s, he's like, uh, call me Duke. And it's like, uh, okay. <laughs> no, I think he came up with another name to not spook Allie. Because if she... There's a point, once she knows who he is, but she starts losing it, she's kind of like... Do I know you? Should you be touching me? Like, I don't know. And so I think he was trying to, if, you know, he always introduced himself as no. I think she'd be half in, half out, and kind of, like, afraid of what she can't remember. And he was just a big John Wayne fan or something like that, Maybe, I guess. yeah. <laughs> Let's go with that. <laughs> um, just, why, okay, all right. I guess. <laughs> sure. Okay. Any other questions? <laughs> no. 
Um, the book is pretty similar, except the timeline of it is kind of different. So I feel like you get most of the story before you learn that she's, um, they both, Donald and she had dementia, and he's kind of <laughs> reading her the story. Um, so it is more of a, like, twist. Um, funny thing, so Netflix, um, for a brief period of time this year, had The Notebook on Netflix, um, but they put it with the wrong ending, <laughs> and people were really upset oh, about yeah, it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, oh, there was another ending? Yeah, so in the, so the book actually also they have like Noah and Ali kind of have that conversation about like I I hope we can go together but they don't die and this is also the way the movie like this alternate ending went where she remembers and then it just kind of ends there um, which I think is almost more sad because you just know it's gonna come as her forgetting and remembering and forgetting and remembering again yeah. um, so it's a little more bleak I think even though it doesn't involve death um, yeah. And any other, like, influences we want to talk about, or? I mean, we talked about how, like, there are tons of Nicholas Spark-esque movies out there yes. now. And books. So. Um, I'll mention this one last thing, because I love my, like, awards um, <laughs> talk. This won the MTV Movie Award for Best Kiss <laughs> in 2005, but it led to the maybe most epic MTV Movie Award moment, which... Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling both kind of like separately went on different sides to get to the stage but when so she like they come together and she runs and leaps into his arms and they kiss like very passionately um, before accepting the award um, and it's pretty great I think that's all I <laughs> oh god from the notebook alright so if you um, haven't seen it I'd recommend it but just know that you had like some parts of it haven't aged well if you haven't seen it ever yeah. so new revelations too to be found that's pretty amazing 15 <laughs> years later we're discovering new things about the movie wait we are? oh yeah. you and I are yeah yeah that yeah, that Rachel McAdams is definitely the son of that. <laughs> the daughter, yeah. of the, oh, the, daughter the lumberjack. Yeah, the cracked it. You cracked it. I know. Yes. You heard Amazing. it. New thing. Fifteen years later. I realize though, Rachel McAdams is maybe this is the one that kind of established her is like the go-to leading woman for yeah. romantic movies because had like, she been in Mean Girls before that? That's two thousand and four, so it's the same year, I think. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. That is interesting. I mean, my favorite movie ever, About Time, she's the leading woman in that. She's also in Time Traveler's Wife. Time Traveler's Wife. Like, lots of others. (laughs) Shireen Adler in uh, some of the Sherlock Holmes movies. Okay, that doesn't... I don't think that counts, though. She's the leading lady in that. (laughs) Well, sure, as much as there is a leading lady in a Guy Ritchie movie. Oh, ouch. Yes. Um, The Val. (laughs) I mean, mean, let's, let's be real here. Like... The leading lady is Jude Law in that movie. Oh. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was not saying that Jude, but like he's the co-starring Excuse role, and me. there's a definite sexual tension between <laughs> him and Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Anyway, well, cool. Thanks yeah. for recapping that for us, Shannon. You're welcome. Oh gosh, now I remember. And she's in the vow, which. If you guys haven't seen that, the reason, so that's another one where she gets amnesia, and so also can't remember Channing Tatum, but the reason she gets amnesia is because the two of them start, stop at a stoplight, decide to start having sex in the stop car, and then another car, when the light goes green, rear ends them, sends her through the windshield, and she gets amnesia. <laughs> Oh my Which, gosh. terrible for Rachel McAdams, but like, why? Why did you make those choices? That seems anyway. self-inflicted to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. So there's a lot of like, forgetting and traffic lights involved in these movies. <laughs> <laughs> People have 
almost getting hurt. Anyway. And she was in Doctor Strange when he was in a car accident that wrecked his hands. Ah, uh, full circle. Who Doctor Strange who could have been played by Keanu. <laughs> ah, we had to We are through Keanu. the looking glass now, people. <laughs> no going back. Uh, Alright, well I think we're gonna That's wrap it up. <laughs> um so as always, you can find us on Facebook at Pop Culture Footnotes. You can find us on Twitter at PC Footnotes. We are still running our Disney song bracket uh, polls. So well, now we just started it. Isn't this episode coming out today? Yes, it is coming we out today. We just started it. We just started it. We recorded a lot of episodes today. Um, but yeah, we just started our Disney song bracket. So we're trying to crown the best Disney song of all time. We've come up with a bracket, and we're going to have an episode where we go through the bracket ourselves and make our picks. But we want the fans to weigh in. So... Check us out on Twitter and Facebook. Vote for your favorite songs. You can vote once on each platform. So, or like if you have multiple accounts, I guess you can vote multiple times. But if you feel super passionately about... Yeah. Yes, because the wind should not be on there, so I voted several times. <laughs> Are we allowed to vote on our own? I did. I did. Well, yes. Okay, now I'm going to vote. I wasn't going to, because we're doing our own, like... Well, I was just trying to seed it so that people would, like, start voting, so, you know. Sure. Okay. Well, but anyway. Now I'm getting on there. You should. Um, but, yeah, so go and vote. Pick your favorite Disney songs. We're going to be doing that for the next few weeks. Um, and we will be, if you feel really passionate, leave some comments, respond on Twitter. Um, we might pick out some quotes from some of our fans uh, when we are discussing you our matchup. You may swear decisions. Mm-hmm. You may. All right. Well, that's going to be it for us. We'll see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.